0: Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk
1: Memphis. Listen to you move your mouth, I bet you come way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough listening to you talk that stuff.
0: Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And good morning and welcome to this morning's program about Talk Money. We're talking about uh, issues that you need to think about when we think about financial planning, when we think about credit, life insurance, investing, all those topics that rolled into one. We call it Talk Money, and you're with us this morning, because you like the program and we appreciate that. We appreciate you being a consistent listener. And if you just joined us for the first time, stay tuned because we've got a jam packed program. My guest today, Meredith Crawford of Confluent Strategies and David Rochester of Shoemaker Financial. We're going to talk about how to handle your credit. And some risk that we take when we look at retirement income planning. Those are major topics. Get a lot of questions about that. And that's what we're interested in doing. If you've got a question for us, just simply go to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com and we'll get your question on the air over the next couple of weeks. And that's all you need to do. Talk money at Shoemaker Financial. And it's now then your program because we're answering your questions. Now let me introduce our guest and again Uh, We're always privileged to have, uh, you know, intelligent people and smart and very articulate. And um, then I get to kind of sit back and watch. And that's the best part about the program. Our guests today are both those, intelligent and articulate. And I want to welcome Meredith Crawford with Confluent Strategies and David Rochester of Shoemaker Financial.
3: Good morning, Jim. Thank you very much. Good morning, Jim. Thank you for having me on this morning.
2: You know, let me ask you this, Meredith. I want to know, when I say Confluent Strategies, because I know what we're going to talk about today... Tell me what Confluent Strategies is all about.
3: Our company went through a rebrand last spring, Jim. We're probably better known as Memphis Consumer Credit Association. We're a 70-year-old uh, Memphis company that was the original credit reporting agency here in the Memphis Mid-South area. So when you say original, help me with that. When you say credit in, reporting. Absolutely. In the 40s, all of the merchants and banks came together in the in, in the city of Memphis. Well, and, and pulled their their accounts receivables, okay. and then we compiled it, maintained it, resold it to the credit grantors in Memphis.
2: makes sense okay now, so th- what we're going to talk about is credit counseling one o one I mean credit one o one credit one o one because I think most of us get into the process of thinking, you know you see on the television or you know get your free credit history, and then you have somebody to tell you you go to a party, and they say, "Well, if you do that, it destroys your credit well." Right. That's a myth, and we're going to find out, for Meredith, all about some of the ways to get your credit. Why is it important? A little bit about identity theft and things that we think is critical for everybody to know. And then, David, you're going to talk to us about retirement planning, and that's uh, you know some of the risks that we take.
0: Right, Jim, and I'd say specifically about retirement income planning. When we think, talk about retirement planning, most of the time it's accumulating assets retirement income planning is how do we distribute those assets so they last
2: oh that's exactly and that's important so stay with us because you do not want to miss we're going to deal with credit reporting and how do you get your credit and what are the things you how to handle it how to manage your credit and then when you get time to retire it's going to be retirement income planning this is jim shoemaker you're listening to talk money we'll be right back after this
0: Do your fire
1: Jim Shoemaker and David Rochester are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of and Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC are registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wishes about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from The Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Jim Shoemaker.
2: You know one of the biggest issues that we have is managing credit because whether we like it or not credit can can get out of hand. I mean you think everything's going pretty smooth and uh, then all of a sudden you find that maybe your credit score is not what you thought and so we have a tendency to get a little concerned and you know we, we go through a process and and uh, we check it well, my guest today, Meredith Crawford of Confluence Strategies is going to help us to understand. Why should you check your credit, and why should you be involved in managing your credit score? And kind of take away a lot of the myths about the credit score. I have to admit to you, Meredith, that I don't know my credit score. Now, that could be one of two things: it's so bad <laughs> that I don't want to know, right, right. or maybe I'm just not worried about it because I, you know, I pay off everything, I don't use, sure. you know, I don't have debt and things sure, like that. Sure. And that's the latter. I mean, I don't manage it, but. Let me ask you the question, why should a person check their credit history and know that and continually manage that?
3: Well, first off, you're not alone. Most consumers don't take advantage of one of the best pieces of consumer legislation to ever come out of Congress. One of the best things Congress ever did was give a consumer the right to check their consumer credit report uh, once a year. At no charge. and no charge. And most consumers either don't know it or they don't leverage what Congress has given. It's a great piece of le- consumer legislation.
2: But now I know, is it true that, that if I check my credit score, that that's going to lower my credit score?
3: Not at all. The inquiries that get posted to your credit report when a consumer checks it do not impact your credit score. Only, only inquiries by lenders who you've applied for credit impact your credit score.
2: So let me ask that question. So let's let's clear that up real good. I'm checking my own credit score. That does not have an impact. Does not impact your score. And your I can score.
3: do that once a year? You can do it as often as you like, okay. but you get once every 12 months, you can get a free copy of your credit report from each credit reporting agency.
2: Okay, now, all right, let's talk about those credit Absolutely. reporting agencies. Absolutely. Let's go through those with me.
3: So in the United States, there are three major credit repositories or credit reporting agents, Uh, Equifax, which we are a part of out of Atlanta, Georgia, TransUnion, and Experian. They all maintain separate databases. Their credit files contain some different information. So not all credit grantors report to all three right? For the oh. most part, they do, but there are some unique differences in the credit files and in the inquiry patterns within credit reports. So if Make I'm sense?
2: checking one, do, do I check all three or do I just need to well, check? Well, that's a good question. You know,
3: Congress gave you a free copy of your credit report from each repository every 12 months. So you could go to Equifax today. Okay. You could go to TransUnion sometime in the future and Experian later on in the year, or you can go to the industry-maintained site which is annualcreditreport.com, mm-hmm. and you can either pull a single copy from each or you can get all three at one time.
2: Let me ask you this. I guess I'm thinking, what, is, it, is it imperative or I don't know if that's not the right word. I guess is it important for a person to, to stay in tune with their credit oh, report? Absolutely. I mean, so to help me with that. Why, from your chair, why would you say that? Well, one thing that I have trouble getting
3: my mind around Right is the role that the consumer credit reporting industry and consumers' unfettered access to instant credit really mm-hmm. really does for our economy it's it's a driving force, an engine for our united states economy right well yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely, so Congress gave you access to your credit report. you should use it not only to manage your financial future instability but also. Keep in touch with to be sure that inaccuracies don't creep into your credit report and cause you problems the next time that uh, next you time go you're wanting to, to do something. Well, if yeah. you you
2: know, I just think it's important. If you just tuned in, my guest Meredith Crawford, he is with Confluent Strategies, and we're talking about how to handle your credit. And guess what? We're doing a pretty good job. The Federal Reserve report just came out that uh, not the Federal Reserve, excuse me, it came out that from from the Federal Reserve that the accurate. Household debt, the aggregate household debt in the United States reached in last year, twelve thirty one last year, twelve point five eight trillion. <laughs> trillion. You know, now that sounds like a pretty good number, but that's a hundred billion below our all time peak. That was twelve point six eight trillion uh as of two thousand eight uh, 930 nine thirty two thousand eight. Again, Federal Reserve reported that. And that you know we're a are we a borrowing nation? I mean, I know we, so. we, we're, we're credit-driven, and we need to manage it, is what you're saying. We, that is the lifeblood of our economy. It is. It, it is.
3: drives our, our country's so economy. So if we
2: went to a cash-only basis, where everything had to be paid for by cash, we'd be our, in trouble. We would come to a grinding halt. <laughs> Quickly. Absolutely. Quickly. So Absolutely. we need to manage it. We okay. need to stay in tune with it. Now, let me ask you this question. How long, if I got something, how long does information stay on my credit report?
3: But just in broad generalities, most information stays on a consumer's credit report for seven years, and then it's purged off, right? A couple of things stay on up to 10 years, Chapter 7 bankruptcies, and unpaid tax liens. But for the most part... Uh, everything stays on your credit report seven years from the date of last activity. Seven years. Seven years.
2: Unpaid tax liens. Uh, but mm-hmm. you unpaid. unpaid. But if you pay it, does it? Then, then they'll purge off at 10 oh, years. Yes. At 10 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Positive information. How long does that stay around?
3: Usually seven years. Uh, say in the case of a revolving credit bank card, right. if you don't close it yeah. and it's got a zero balance, but you still have access to it. It'll stay on there indefinitely, indefinite in definitely time forever.
2: Okay, Absolutely. that sounds good. Well, you know, David, when you're talking with people working through the retirement side and you're helping people manage, do you find in your practice that people are now getting ready to retire and they're more they're conscious about debt because that income now has got to be managed? They're not earning income anymore, and so they're now thinking more about their debt.
0: Yes, Jim, as as people get to the point where they're going to have a, a... Uh, rec- they're going to have to live off of income. In other right. words, they can't just spend like they want to get much more sensitive to the amount of debt. I think the American dream that we've always heard for generations past is have a paid-off home. You know, it, But you have to weigh everything into consideration. If you pay off the home, what what did that cost you to do that? Did it cost you liquidity and so forth? So it, it's a big issue today. And, and, of course, short-term debt, we know uh, credit cards, high-interest debt uh, can can really – be a hampering effect on, on their retirement.
2: Well, that's, that's, that's a fact right there. That's something we all need to think about. I'll just need to tell you that Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, Estate Planning, Elder Law, and Probate, planning for all generations. You're listening to Talk Money. My guest is Meredith Crawford, President and CEO of Confluent Strategies, and David Rochester, uh, Financial Planner, with us at Shoemaker Financial, and we're talking about how do you manage credit? How do you manage credit? And... I just go to the point of getting a free credit report because as soon as you said free, I'm thinking, okay, I'll go do that, you know, because why pay for it if I can get it free? And you told told me that Congress has passed a law that says I'm entitled to it, so how do I get one?
3: Well, there's several ways that you can get one. As I mentioned earlier, a consumer can go to annualcreditreport.com, that is the industry maintained site for all three credit reporting agencies, and you can either go online and fill in your personal information and obtain a copy that way. Or you can write to each individual credit reporting agency, or they even give you 800 access, telephone access in to request a copy of your credit file.
0: Meredith, uh, you know, we were talking about this before the show. I just went through this process about a week ago. And I know I'm always a little concerned about identity theft. Somebody might get my information. I don't know why they'd want to look up my credit report, but they might be interested uh, what i found it was uh it's it's a little bit complicated to get in there this isn't some something someone could easily get your information they asked me questions i had to go look up the answers to absolutely. on myself
3: absolutely and and they ask you questions a lot of times i don't remember what i'd given as an, one of the answers so uh it's just it's extremely important to for in the cases of identity theft to main to monitor your credit report to access it on a regular basis to be sure nothing has crept in uh, that has tainted your report.
0: What if you do have a dispute? I know in my example, mm-hmm. I looked it up, everything Excellent. looked great, but they had an address on there I've never lived at.
3: Absolutely. Once again, you can go to annualcreditreport.com, and they have a vehicle in there that you a dispute process in there that it forms it out to all three credit reporting agencies to make the correction. Or you can go to online, in writing, or by phone, to each individual credit reporting agency, and file a, a file of, uh, a dispute. So, it's, and then they'll research it. They'll notify you.
2: Okay, it's right. called filing a dispute. It's accident. called I mean, filing it's pretty, a dispute. You're, you're doing that from that standpoint, mm-hmm. and you just you just stay with it from that standpoint. You don't Absolutely. just go and let it go away. No, you can't. Well, you can't afford to. Exactly. I remember this is my you know you would talk about identity theft, and let me just give you a statistic. Unwelcome. This is big deal. I mean, you think about it. identity fraud rose to a record. A record. 15.4 million U.S. victims last year, 2016. Now, guys, that's losing $16 billion. So identity theft is critical. I can remember that I had my identity stolen years ago, and in the process, I had to go to each of these agencies and and basically say, I, I cannot get credit. I You know, I am no longer credit-worthy, basically. I don't remember how to, how do I do that? Somebody stole my credit, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's what I did. And of course, I blocked everything. I remember I went to, to buy a suit one time, and they said, well, you can get an extra 20% if you take one of our credit cards. Well, I'm not a credit card person. Right. So right. I said, I really don't want to do that. But he said, well, it's 20%. I said, all right, I'll take it. So I filled out their little information, and I was, you know, they're going through the process. And he says, you can't do it. I've got somebody on the phone. You got to talk to them. And and I, I got on the phone, and they said, well, Mr. Mick, we can't give you credit, uh, but if you go home, we'll call you <laughs> and approve you, you know, because they wanted to call the certain number and all the things. And that, they were, I mean, it was really to check my credit. They were not going to allow me to have credit, and, and I appreciated that. But it was for your protection. It was for my protection. Absolutely. Now, give me the thought process of that. When you go through that, and my identity has been stolen. All right, now what do I do? Well, it, it's my rea- it's my recommendation one, not to
3: overreact. I think I think you should first identify what's happened and possibly where the fraud was perpetrated. Then I think you ought to decide which credit reporting agency you want to go to first to obtain a copy of your credit report. Obtain a copy of your credit report. Go over it and find detail to be sure that there has been nothing purchased in your name or open credit opened in your name or any of the inquiries that you didn't authorize or apply for. Mm-hmm. Makes okay. sense? That makes sense. Okay. If nothing has changed, give it 60, 90 days. Obtain another free copy from other reporting agencies. Okay. That makes Continue sense. To, monitor it, to monitor it. Now, there are a lot of, and we haven't gotten to it, but there are a lot of monitoring services out there, and it's a personal decision whether you want to pay to have you, to monitor your credit on a on a ongoing basis or whether you just want to do it uh through the federal legislation just just get a free copy of your credit report.
2: All right, you mentioned the monitoring process and yeah. I that's I do want to get into that and, and talk about that. So, if you just in, my guest is Meredith Crawford, Confluent Strategist. We're talking about how to handle credit. How do you handle your credit? How do you follow up with a dispute if you've had your identity stolen? What do you do? Well, We're going to find out how to finish that up in just a second. And David Rochester with Shoemaker Financial, we're talking about with him coming up in the second half of the show, Risk of Retirement Income Planning. And that's uh a our topic for the second half. So you're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and uh, I appreciate you being here. And we want to say thank you and come back when we come back. And that will be listening to Meredith Crawford and David Rochester. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thank you for listening to Talk Money. We'll be right back after this.
1: That shoemaker financial and securing and financial services do not provide specific tax and or legal advice and this information should not be considered as such you should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation we'll be right back with talk money after this you're listening to talk money with jim shoemaker and now back to talk money with your host jim shoemaker
2: And welcome back. We're talking with uh, two individuals that are very smart, as I said earlier in the program, and we're talking about how to handle your credit with Meredith Crawford of Confluent Strategies and David Rochester, 7 Risk. Or risk, you might say, of retirement income planning. And I guess uh, I want to stay with the subject on how to handle credit. And let me give you the, the people to call, the three institutions that if you're wanting to find out about your credit, how do you want to find out, maybe dispute something, it's Equifax. You can just go to Equifax, Equifax.com, and just type that in. You can find it from there. Experian is E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N, Experian.com. And then TransUnion, again, that's TransUnion. You would just type in dispute.transunion, and that gets you – that's uh, the easiest way to do it. So uh, we were talking before the break, and Mr. Osgood, it, the fact that maybe I want to – I have had my identity stolen, and uh, I want to monitor my credit report. So, Meredith, help me with this now. Again, Meredith Crawford with Confluent Strategies. He's talking with us about how do you handle your credit so, I guess, I mean, Meredith, how do I monitor? I need to monitor my credit report. I need, but it, do I pay somebody to do that or do I do it myself? Not at all.
3: Not at all. Uh, federal legislation has empowered the American consumer to take full control of their personal credit report and the information contained inside. So, as we talked, a consumer can go to annualcreditreport.com or one of the three individual credit reporting agencies and check their credit, if they do find a discrepancy on the credit report or something that needs to be disputed online, through the mail, or over the telephone, you can file a dispute on the individual item on your credit report, the unique item, that, that's in dispute. They also give you the ability to file a written notation in your credit file that you were a victim of identity theft, you had your wallet or identity stolen, that type of thing. Okay, so you can even go so far, and I think you mentioned it earlier, that you can almost freeze your credit report, right?
2: right.
3: Uh, and sometimes that needs to be done.
2: That can cause, you
3: know, some headaches. All kind of it. headaches. Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I, but that's a personal decision, what you want to do. I was receiving into all those headaches, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, I, I'm not saying that that's not something that people should do, but what you're saying is there's other alternatives. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think a lot of us don't really understand the, 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 the credit score. So, Correct. I mean, for and I thought Most about consumer. that. Yeah. Most so let's let's do that. Define it. Or to what is a credit score? Well, it, it usually
3: her uh, referred to as a FICO score. Okay. Okay. And that comes from Fair Isaac Company, and okay. they were really the pioneers of the consumer credit score. And a credit score is really just a a number, a three digit number between three hundred and eight fifty that. Uh, doesn't represent how you pay your bills. It represents a predictor of how you might pay your bills in the future. Make sense?
2: Yeah, it so does. So credit
3: score isn't about how you've paid them in the past, even though the score is derived from your historical, you know, management of your credit. But it, it gives a credit grantor or lender a, a tool to predict how you're going to pay in the predict. future. So Absolutely. it's not what it's you... Yeah,
2: okay. All right, then... For our benefit, what affects our credit score? I mean, oh,
3: there, that's thats the key. Absolutely. There are a number of things that uh, affect your credit score. How many uh, credit accounts that do you have open? Uh, your pay history is probably one of the biggest uh, influencers of what your credit score is. And how you paid historically weighs in at about 35% of what that score
2: Takes into consideration. So if I am consistently late paying something, that's going to affect my score. 30, even though I make the payments, but I'm just consistently late.
3: Absolutely. I, I, that's what I drive home with my kids all the time. If, <laughs> if you do nothing else, <laughs> pay, pay your bills on time. Absolutely. Uh, I
2: get that. So now you talk about missing payments. Uh, that's that's an in, that, that that's a credit
3: score killer. Okay. Absolutely. If you don't pay your bills on time, it will bring your credit score down. The other thing is the available balance, or your balance to available credit. That's the second thing that really impacts uh, what your credit score
2: is. All right, is. talk about that. My balance is $2,000, so got available yeah. credit $10,000.
3: So if you've got an unsecured credit card, right? Right. and you have two or three or four of them, and you have high balances in Ma- relationship. Maxed out. Could be maxed out, or just... Real close. Real close. That is going to m- have a major impact on your credit score.
2: Okay, that's that makes sense. So you're, mm-hmm. you're just listening, So a poor debt-to-credits, what you're talking about, ratio there. Absolutely. Okay, that makes right. sense from that standpoint. Obviously, declaring bankruptcy. Is that – I mean, we're the number one city in the country for bankruptcy. Uh, Correct. Not a popular thing, not something to – or us to jump up and down. You know, I'd like to be yeah, number fortunately one. it was originated it, here. Yes, that's where it, was it started. Originated. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. that the we, Chandler Act. Yeah, the Chandler no, Act. Absolutely. Hey, Mayor Chandler and the whole bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, people forget mm-hmm. that, but that's mm-hmm. true. So it originates in Memphis. We're good at it. <laughs> we, we've kind <got> of <laughs> figured it out. How much of does a bankruptcy affect your score? Uh, very much. It impacts it. That type of
3: negative information, judgments, tax liens, uh, bankruptcies, but really, have a huge negative impact on your credit score.
2: Well, now, Meredith, you know, here's my problem I can have a bankruptcy, I can be a late payer, and I can still get credit. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I, America, <laughs> help me with America's that. a wonderful place, <laughs> isn't it? It's a great place. How can I do that? Well, because there are lenders that fill
3: that niche and, okay. and they manage that risk for consumers who have had issues. Personal issues that they haven't been able to overcome and have had to file bankruptcy.
2: Absolutely, there right. are some bankruptcies for just basically you didn't you didn't do what you were supposed to do, paying your debt. And there are bankruptcies that some. I mean, I see bank. I do a lot of counseling with bankruptcies it comes from healthcare. Absolutely. I mean, they Absolutely. just just it was an enormous thing, and you have to figure out how to pay and it. An,
3: and in a lot of cases, it, it, it is it is a great tool for consumers, right? That have fallen on hard times right. and they can't dig out. It's a, it's a great tool to so give people, them a fresh start. It
2: gives them a fresh start, so they get the chance to work through that. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that credit companies, lenders, will still lend money. Absolutely. It may, does it cost you more? Or?
3: Uh, usually, it, uh, in an interest rate uh, environment, it will cost you more.
2: All right. If that's going to affect me in a negative way, these are the factors that could affect me. What are my actions? What should I do to enhance my credit score? I mean, here yeah. I have got a bad one. All right, it's less than 500 mm-hmm. and, and I had a bankruptcy. So tell me how to get it moving up and do just not do those others, or are there some things I can uh, well, proactively do? Uh,
3: well, in terms of a bankruptcy, it's just going to take time to heal. You know, unfortunately, you've got to work yourself out of a wage earner plan, or in the case of Chapter 7 straight bankruptcy, time's the only thing that can usually heal that. And you'll find lenders that will lend to you while you're in bankruptcy and if that's the case, you really need to be diligent in managing that line of credit, mm. right? Yeah. Um in terms of uh of, of paying your bills, like I said, pay your bills on time, that improves your credit report, right? Paying down your balances on credit cards improves your credit, credit score yep. Yeah. It's it's all about painting a picture. It's a canvas for you and it's how you manage, the tool to manage your financial stability, and you just you need to manage it holistically.
2: Well, you talk about your kids, and and I know you guys, <laughs> you're well. And that, I mean, I, I can see you talking to your kids about managing their credit. My wife says the worst thing in the world to be married to is a financial guy. Right. You know, when we got married, she said, "I know you're capable of squeezing the buffalo on a nickel and making it set down. You're so tight," and that's true. Yeah. We, I, you know, we are to some degree, but we're. Trying our best, I think, to teach people to manage, Absolutely. and you're saying Absolutely. manage credit report. Use yes. it as a tool. Use it as a tool. Congress gave and it that, to you.
0: Use it as a tool. Use it as a tool. Absolutely. So I've got a personal interest here. I have teenage kids. I assume you have uh, children you've had to deal with this. I hear all the time uh, parents say, well, we want to start our child on their first credit card or some, some credit, so they'll have a credit history in the mm-hmm. future. How important is that really uh, prior to graduating college?
3: Well, I think I think establishing credit at an early age, especially once you become employed, is critical. And we all know that establishing a relationship with your bank, managing a checking account, it's it's personal finance one hundred one. It's right? one hundred one. It's it's one hundred one. And then grow that relationship for there. And you know, I've never been a fan of uh, users and authorized users. So getting your kid a credit card may be okay for a while. But get a credit card with a lower set limit on it. Establish that check and account relationship. Ask your bank then to broaden that relationship. Give your credit card.
2: Baby uh, steps. Baby steps. Yeah, absolutely. That, that makes, on that makes a lot of sense. I can remember my wife and I after we first got married. And again, I, a little tight, she says. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> well, we didn't have any credit. I mean, literally, and she, we were going to buy a dining room, not a dining room, she, a kitchen, <laughs> something to eat on, you know, right. first apartment the whole bit. I didn't have any credit. And they said, well, you know what? I mean, it was one of those things, uh, cash for 90 days, but you had to have credit. Right. And I'm going, give me a break. I don't, you know, I'm not going to do that. And, and I was going to, you know, and the bottom line was I ended up doing it. Cash, all cash, you know, if you do it for 90 days or whatever. I don't remember how they did it, but they gave me credit. It was my first establishment of credit, and that was the beginning. I mean, it was something like, you can't do this because you have no credit.
3: Well, it was the same way. My first credit card was a Chevron gas card. That shows you my
2: age. (laughs)
3: So it was a Chevron gas card. Just so I could put gas in to go to work. Yeah. So, yeah. So right. well,
2: you're just stay baby steps. You're a chop off the old block. Mr. <laughs> Harrell knows. I mean, yep, he would have done the same thing you're with you. Kind. Absolutely. If you've been tuned, listening to us, we thank you for doing that. Meredith Crawford, Confluent Strategies. We've been talking about how to handle credit. And I think you'll want to listen to this program again on the podcast. And, of course, we've got David Rochester coming back with us after the break, and he's going to deal with the whole concept of risk that we take retirement income planning and uh, boy is that going to be something you need to think about stay with us because when we come back it's David Rochester and risk of retirement planning income stay with us we'll be right back after this
1: Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
4: The winter of 1811-1812 proved to be a tumultuous time in the Mid-South in more ways than one. From the middle of December to the beginning of February, the Missouri Boot Hill was struck violently by a series of powerful earthquakes along the New Madrid Fault. With an affected area of over 1 million square miles, these were the most powerful earthquakes to hit the eastern United States in history, including the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, which covered only 6,200 square miles. The town of New Madrid itself was destroyed, the Mississippi River flowed backwards for 24 hours, forming Real Foot Lake, and as far away as Boston and Toronto, the shaking was intense enough to cause the church bells to ring and chimneys to fall over in Maine. At the request of Governor William Clark, federal disaster relief was granted by the government for the first time. Had those earthquakes occurred today, they could have caused one of the greatest economic disasters in the history of the United States. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial.
2: Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations, and I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do, in the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors.
1: If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, you all
2: know, bottom line is that life expectancies are rising. We talk about that a lot on the program, especially when we're talking about retirement income planning, and uh, the, the reality is we're living longer. And that's a good thing, and yet the bad news about that is we've got to make sure that we've got enough money because a lot of people fear running out of money because of a long period of retirement. Um, whether you like it or not, it is a part of the process. You've got to enter retirement by crossing through that process of knowing that, hey, I've got this, and uh, I want to make sure that I have enough. And so we're going to talk about that with David Ronchester, and uh, David's going to help us go through some risk of retirement income planning and uh David welcome sir again and uh I guess biggest thing I want to talk about right off the bat is so many people fear this idea of the risk of having a reduced income capacity, so start with me on that right
0: Jim so it's you know it's it's far it's a it's an entirely foreign way of thinking for most of us we've had a job all these years, maybe multiple jobs, we've had that income coming in, and now we're at a point to where we can't just go replace that if we decide to enter into retirement and not have a working income anymore. And that puts us at risk. Uh, if we're at a point to where maybe we've had some poor market returns in our portfolio or um, just some shocks to what's going on, we might not necessarily be able to go back and get a job once we've retired to offset that.
2: I can't imagine being retired and then being you know forced back into the workforce. Usually, you're probably not going to... Come back in at the level that you left. Exactly. In. That happens. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, let me introduce you a formal introduction because David has completed the American College Retirement Income Certified professional designation and I appreciate David doing that. This means that he has set through some college courses, he's re- required to pass a proctored couple of proctored exams, 3 years of experience David has over 20 years of experience. But I think what we want to make sure that people understand this program is for advisors like David that seek to help their clients create a sustainable retirement income and it goes through the process of helping them identify client retirement needs. And objectives in evaluating their situation relative to those goals, and David congratulations for that thank you Jim. great job
0: well it's been uh, very beneficial i believe in in my practice in helping my clients and I see psychologically even many times as people approach retirement, a degree of fear, just the fear of the unknown as mm. as many of us are. some people really jump into it, but many people are fearful.
2: Well, I you know when I think about that, you know it is it, it it it's the it's the fear kind of of the unknown. A lot of people are doing it, but it's your first time to walk out on the ice. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, and, and is the ice thick or thin? You don't know.
0: And, and you look at someone else, and and you may say they've got a great retirement, right? But we don't know how long that's going to last and what it's going to.
2: I know like. in, in in the practice that we work in the office. Sometimes we we show and we we try to help clients interact. And, you know, we're there, we're seeing it on the screen. We we work through that process, let them, we, you know, see the, the bar graph, and, you know, you got enough money and then we stress it and we go through that process, helping them see that maybe the ice is thicker. And, it, you know, I can think of one person, I know you've got several stories like this where, you know, as they go through it, you can see and literally to the point where, I mean, this particular client cried. Because in his, I mean, it was him and her, and he, and the, it, well, you could just sense as we're going through it, it, was, it wasn't it was their first time through this, but they were stressed out because they were thinking, do we, do we, because it was now time to pull the plug. Right. Well, your example
0: of ice is great. I'm going to capture that if you don't mind. That'll cost you. But, but you. I <laughs> use, when we're going through that process, I use the term of, when you say stressing the analysis, I try to poke holes in it. Well, yeah. if you can poke holes through the ice... Real easily, you probably shouldn't be walking out.
2: It's probably get. I, uh, I fell through the ice one time. Right. The reason why it's important exactly. for me. Exactly. If you
0: got a hammer on it and, and still it stands, you can feel more confident as you walk across.
2: Exactly. And this particular client, as they went through it, you could see them holding hands and realizing, and they, you know, I was kind of shocked because they had done a great job. They had really worked to have their retirement plan set up. But it was that moment of relief that they saw visually on the screen in the office and thinking, we're we're done, and now we can do that. And I know Meredith, you've actually been through some of that with some people recently in your family, where they've Absolutely. and you know, they've lived a very long life and, and been able to very blessed, very blessed. And uh, this is your mom and dad, Absolutely. and uh, you know, they're in their nineties and eighties. and right. we're We won't say who's ninety and who's eighty, <laughs> but it's obviously you know. But the reality is, they've enjoyed a very long life and comfortable living. Absolutely, and it, and it's really due
3: to their early stage and planning their retirement years and their financial stability.
2: Exactly. And, David, I know one of the things we talk about is they're they're facing some spending constraints, and I know that's important. But before you dive into that, I really want you to talk about this whole idea behind, and I'm thinking of a lot of people we've talked to, this heightened investment risk mentality that goes in their minds. It's
0: there. Sure, Jim. And, And it makes us extremely vulnerable You know, let's just take a case in point. Let's say that uh, someone had retired back in the heyday of the 90s when the markets were doing great. They look at their portfolio and – and if they, as long as they chose a reasonable withdrawal rate, it's going to last them and probably have a lot of money left over. Yeah,
2: my 11-year-old grandson was my senior advisor you know, at that point. He there could handle go. anything. Sure. Anything he wanted to invest in, it went up. So that was good.
0: But turn that around, and, and many of us remember what happened in, in 2007, 2008, and really almost a recessionary period we were in. And so imagine retiring then. You're taking withdrawals out of your portfolio, but you're also wa- watching the value of your portfolio drop. So imagine that you're, you're you're pulling money out of the bucket, but the bucket's already going down before you start taking withdrawals. How do you replenish that and make it last? That can create a create a lot of fear.
2: Let me talk about that for a second because I've got a statistic to to add to that. And and the reality is, an individual with one million dollars invested a hundred percent in the S and P five hundred as of one 110- ten. One one, excuse me, one one seventy three, withdrawing an inflation adjusted hundred thousand dollars per year. Okay, that's one one seventy three. Keep in mind where that what that is. That would be out of money in nine years. Okay, now that that's a wake you up. That that's just tells scary. you that, that is, and that's basically years. what you're talking about, David. Nine. Well.
0: Jim, if I could add to that real quick. Go ahead and get, give your second. Well, the statistic. second
2: individual with $1 million invested in the same S&P 500 as of 1182 10 years later, okay, nine years later, uh, withdrawing an inflation-adjusted $100,000 per year would have $4.46 remaining after 35 years. It's that's what you're talking. That's about. amazing. That, that I want that option. Well, that. no kidding. Yeah, choose, well, choose that one wait. for me. You know, right. don't retire in seventy three. You got to wait, to right. 82. Which we means you you'd have to be
0: able to predict it. Now, yeah. you know, I'm going to add to that. We were talking about longevity. Um, you know, if we look at averages, it's, it's statistics show today that a couple age sixty five retiring today has a fifty percent chance of one of that married couple living to age ninety four. Fifty percent chance. A twenty five percent chance of living to age 98. That's 33 years in retirement. You know, that's a
2: long time. And a lot of times that's longer than a lot of people in their career. Exactly. And you got to think about that and you know, I, I, I'm kind of using Meredith. I know his mom and dad. And, uh, you know, and I guess I can say that Absolutely. Mr. Harold's 91. Absolutely. and uh, 93. 90, 93. 93. Uh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. He'll kill me for 91. <laughs> no, he'll thank you. <laughs> yeah, but they're in great health. They're in great I mean, health. It was and she's 80, 86, six, 86, 87, yep. something like that. Uh, and they're they're still getting it, and they're still in the, in the swing of things. And, they, I don't think they would have said when they retired that they would be still kicking that they would, think they would live think that long. It would yeah. That's correct. I would agree. And that, But yet we have to plan that away. Then when I started, I say this a lot of time on the air, and I hate to be redundant, but I started in the business in 1972. And I promise you, we were told the books and everything we were studying okay, get them to 65, give them six to seven years, and you're done.
0: Yeah. Jim, my wife's grandmother will turn 104 in two weeks.
2: Wow, that's awesome!
0: I have a 96 year old aunt who was still driving last year. Mm. Unfortunately, she just broke a hip. But mm-hmm. I have clients right now who still drive and are very active in their 90s, as maybe your parents. Absolutely, who could have imagined?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's if that's you that. just tuned in, we're talking about risk for retirement planning income or retirement income planning. My guest, David Rochester, and he is a. Just make sure I get this right. He is a retirement income certified professional. And uh, that, I so much appreciate, David, taking the time, the energy, and the effort to dive into that, to help his clients to create a, a sustainable income and helping them know and their objectives and evaluating their situations relative to their goals. And uh, David's that professional that spends the time knowing what to do and how to do that with his clients. If you'd like to talk to David, just give him a call at 757 757- Five seven five seven. David, one of the biggest issues is spending shocks. Yes. That's you know, it's not what they didn't plan for. Now, the best scenario, and here's what I'm planning for. I want to retire. I want to live healthy. I want to die and have no money left, but I don't want it to go over a long period of time, you know. I mean, I'd like to live till I'm ninety, but I don't want to, you know, get sick and be sick for. A while. I just want to go. Okay, this is my date. Go over, click the switch, and I'm gone.
0: Jim, you sound like me. I'm I'm going to be the guy driving the what we call the land yacht, the big RV. It's going to have the bumper sticker. I hope my kids aren't listening. That says <laughs> I'm spending my kids' inheritance.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But you know, we can't plan that. That's not how it works.
0: That's exactly right. So, and what so, are the? Re- so yeah, let's these talk shocks. about some shocks that could really affect. Your retirement income, not just your retirement, but your retirement income, because it takes income to pay for bills. Mm. And so a few of those, I'm just going to give you an example, and and Meredith, you could probably relate to this with family members, is unexpected major health expenses. Absolutely. It could be something that insurance didn't cover. Uh, It could be large out-of-pocket deductibles, but it could be maybe even a need for long-term care, which is an extended large expense. And I know we've talked about that on the show before. Uh, Here's one for you. How about Fraud. Or theft, since you you are an expert at that and, and know how to research that. But let's say that someone has had uh, uh, an older family member who's going through some things has had someone steal from them. Absolutely. Okay. You know,
2: you talk about that. I, we were in the office yesterday talking to one of our advisors, and they had the, an, an individual that – now you're talking about they're they're in their 80s, and they got into a scam. Okay. And had made some bad choices, and that happens guys that 's just that happens it 's senior citizens, and this particular lady was a widow now here 's what here 's what shocked me as we were going through this process. that happened, and the result that of that case was they you know they 're nothing they can 't get their money back it 's going to be for almost impossible, but the family reacted so negatively. Mm on this particular case, that you're talking about a shock. Now this person can't, you know, they've taken money away. They've decided, the family has decided, you can only have this much money a month. And, you know, and the restrictions are enormous. Now, I guarantee you, when that person retired, that's not what they had in their mind. Now, the family's trying to protect them. Absolutely, I get that. But all of a sudden, because of that mistake that you mentioned, David, fraud or a scam or something like that, it everything changed right, whether it's best for her or not, not for us to judge, but the reality is that was not in her plan
0: well and and i I love the example you want other family members watching out for you while you're retired, whether mm-hmm. it's because you're traveling or you're just home and maybe you're 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 not used to dealing with finances as much. We even deal with this a lot of times and have to talk about as you become more limited cognitively as we age, we just you know Absolutely. we're not in the workplace as Absolutely. much, we're not challenged as much. We could have more limiting abilities. you have other people that you can trust who are watching out to make sure that if someone comes along to your home and says, you need this repaired, we've, we've driven by, that you're not taking advantage of? That happened with my, my father multiple times, and we didn't even realize there were some cogn- cognitive issues going on until it was too late.
3: And I know that's that's part of the advice you give your clients because I know Jim has advised my parents of that. But as, as you get past retirement and you're, you're you're going through the aging process, your appetite for credit may decline. Absolutely. But on the flip side of that, the fraud and scams. Increase unfortunately for our elderly population. So, someone, either their financial advisor or their caregiver or their family, needs to continue to encourage them to take a look at the credit report to be sure nothing has slipped into
2: it. And, so, and that is so critical for people when you think about that because, again, we get that system, of their mindset that everything's okay. And you need to talk to mom, you need to talk to dad, you need to communicate, you need to bring the siblings in, you need to have a communication type thing. Because, you know, all of a sudden something happens and it's dumped on one sibling, and, you know, the other two said, I can't deal with this, I can't deal with this. Well, that's not how you handle it. you got to work together. It's still a family, and you do your best to keep that communication communication
0: going. is critical. Absolutely. We've been very fortunate in our family that we have always had very open communication, It was great for my parents. It's it's great between my sibling and I. So, you know, a couple of the shocks that I think we've got to keep in mind, and I mentioned someone coming about, many times we have to have major home repairs. Um, Prescriptions, you know, the cost of medical is still going up, no matter what kind of system we have. So we have to be prepared for that. At the end of the day, and we can talk about this at a future show, Jim, it's about having enough sustainable income to at least meet our basic needs.
2: Well, I, I think that is so so critical because we think we're doing that. We think we're going through that process, and yet it's all kind of one of those things that, you you know, you need to have, and you said it, an advisor, a family member, a caregiver, somebody who's spending the time and the energy checking things out for you. You know, what I've found out, too, is that it's not a problem from that person, you know, usually from 70 to 80. But it changes quickly after 80, and that's when you start spending the time and the energy. So I guess for our listeners, it's that when we're talking about risk for retirement income planning, don't wait to 80 to start that process. Start it before retirement. Jim, don't wait to 65. Ah, Well, that's what I'm saying. Start before retirement from that standpoint. Well, I appreciate you listening today. As you've been listening, we've been talking with Meredith Crawford, Confluent Strategies, How to Handle Your Credit, and David Rochester, Shoemaker Financial, Risk for Retirement Income Planning. If you'd like to talk to David, you could give him a call, of course, at 757-5757. Again, we always try our best to bring those thoughts to you to help you understand what we do when we talk about financial planning. It's not just about the plan. It's about the results. And don't ever forget that. you got to have the good results. Well, today, of course, Meredith Crawford, Confluent Strategies. David Rochester, Shoemaker Financial. My producer and board operator is Gil Worth, and I thank him so much. He's got a new baby at home, Nora. Boy, what a great guy. He's got a smile on his face. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant is Eleanor Moscovich. Of course, I get to do the, some of the compliance, and Tommy Armstrong is our compliance officer. Mid-South History Moment by Rebecca Brazier and written by Drew Johnson. You're listening to Talk. Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker here every week helping you make the most of your money.
1: Jim Shoemaker and David Rochester are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC are registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.